Welcome to Grace Harvest Church's weekly podcast featuring lead pastor Doug Sherman. For more information about Grace Harvest Church, visit us online at graceharvestchurch.org. Now listen in and allow God to speak to you as Pastor Doug shares this week's message. It's good to see you this morning. Is it good to be seen? Amen. Glad to be with you this morning. We're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna open. A, I just need to let you know of a couple of things. Pastor Doug and Peggy are not with us this morning. They are in Spokane, Washington, at a church, um, Living Stone in Spokane. I believe I got that right. And uh, they've been ministering since Friday, uh, doing a prophetic weekend assembly, and then ministering this morning. And he just wanted to make sure that I let you know that they uh, uh, greet you, say hello, and they're looking forward to returning. They left Thursday, and uh, they'll be returning uh, this evening, I believe, um, or tomorrow morning. So we want to lift them up in prayer this morning. Amen? Amen. Uh, but right before we pray, if you've got a Bible or electronic device, I just want to um, let you know where we're going this morning. Romans chapter 4 is where we'll jump off, Romans chapter 4, in verse 18. So you can open your Bible or electronic device and just kind of hang there, pause there a minute, and uh, when you're there, say, I'm there. Need a little more time? Say, any more time. Hey, okay, Romans chapter 4. I want to talk to you this morning about perspective. I want to talk to you this morning about not staying in the place that we sometimes find ourselves in and believing what we see around us to be the final truth. And this morning, it's born out of just a desire to continue to keep us moving as a church through a journey. We're still in the series called Matters of the Heart, and last week we we delved with and began to just scratch the surface and hopefully to open up a conversation about grieving and about talking through that and about letting it out. And we had a, um, a certified counselor therapist with us on stage who got to share Brad Smedley, and it was, it was powerful. And I, and I stand up here this morning even to share that you cannot believe the workings of God in people's heart and lives over the course of the next several days this week, from Sunday through this week, about what the Lord was churning up in people's hearts and in their lives, the things that he was moving them to have to get out and talk through the situations, the encounters, the just life perspectives, some of those things very serious and, and deep and needing to walk through those things, all of them valid and all of them necessary in their life to get them from where they are today to move them through a journey of healing. Amen. Amen. And so, and so many times when we are in a place of dealing with heavy things, we can easily lose perspective and forget 
uh, the words that have been spoken to us, the things that we have read, a revelation that we've had from God about, about what he's doing in our lives. And I want to encourage us this morning through this word to come back to a few essentials, to come back to a few places that would remind us about who God is, about what he does, and about his glory. And I, and I pray this morning I'm able to uh, navigate us through in the moments that I have. And so I just want to start off with, when, when, when I talk about hope, I'm talking about um, a biblical hope that's a matter of trusting that God's promises is greater than the situation I found myself in. Come on. So we got to just start and we can begin to just agree that our perspective is that uh, basically boiled down to is what God has said is more sure than the situation I find myself in. That, that in other words, that I can take the things that I've read and understand and maybe that have been revealed to me through that, that I can take them to the bank. Amen? That, that when I read that the surety of his promises about my salvation, about my life and about how he will interact with me that I can camp on those things. Amen. And so that is our starting point about hope, biblical hope that we're going to trust God and that his promises are sure regardless of whatever circumstance I find myself in. You see, it's easy to believe in God and have hope when we can see the answer to whatever situation we might be experiencing, right? I mean, it's, it's really easy in those cases. I'll just give you a few examples. Some of them are very real, and, and, and probably all of them are, are relevant maybe to, to some people here. But, but it's easy to see that, that God, uh, that we have hope in something when we might say, say we uh, go to the doctor and they prescribe a medicine to us, and then they assure us that that medicine will take care of us in what we're experiencing. It's easy to believe that God will carry us and heal us. Amen? It's easy. I have this. Take this. In the morning, you'll feel better. Hope. Thank you. It's easy, right? It, it, it's easy to, to see and hope that my finances are a little, a little tight right now, but I know in, in two days, paydays around the corner. Hope, right? I mean, we've all maybe have experienced some aspect of this kind of, of salvation, temporary salvation. It's easy uh, to believe. It's, it's in my marriage. I'm having a little difficulty, and, uh, but we're going to see a counselor, and, and it's looking good. And so we're believing that, that it's going to be restored. I'm believing and I'm hoping that it's going to get better. It's easy to see. I've, I've positioned myself to be in a remedy area. It's easy to see those things, right? However, when we can't see tangibly a person in front of us who's going to give us the answer or we can ingest something that would help us. And I got to tell you, if you've ever traveled overseas or even, you know, the things that ails us at times and you get something and, and, and you get uh, our last Philippines trip overseas, we, we encountered all kinds of things and we prayed and prayed and prayed. And I got to tell you, God was around and with us, but, but answers came in the form of a little package. And when they begin to take those with wisdom, the next very next morning... It's like the sun was out, things were well, 
people felt better, but answers were on, on hand. It's not easy to see hope when we go to the doctor or he and she tells us that they've run tests and can't figure out what's going on with your health issues. That's real. It's not easy to see hope in that. It's not easy to see hope when our bank account might be overdrawn, you might be unemployed, and there just doesn't seem to be any job possibilities on the horizons. It's not easy to see hope. It's not easy to see hope when maybe a spouse decides that they no longer want to be married and unwilling to even to go see a counselor. It's pretty hard to believe that something can turn and when a situation seems hopeless. My guess is that in some form or another, maybe not ever or maybe in the short future or maybe you will or are currently walking through, you will experience an opportunity to have to face a reality that challenges what you believe and where you rest your hope. This morning, I want to just bring just an opportunity for us to have a little bit of perspective and a little bit of hopefully encouragement. Maybe you're here this morning and you find yourself sitting in a situation just like this. I just want to acknowledge for a minute that this is life and it can present itself a many varied thing. Twisted and broken and challenges could be dark. And I just want to take a minute and ponder Maybe you're here this morning and you find yourself in a situation like this. I want to be real in the moment about that. I want you to understand that you are not alone and that the God of the universe has not forgotten you. I want you to begin to think about your situation in a real way that maybe the remedy may not see itself right now, but ultimately what is it that you can learn as God walks you through this process as you look to him to carry you and help guide you. And so there we find ourselves. Now let's jump into Romans chapter 4. Romans chapter 4. going to make a switch here. When microphones get near me, they begin to do weird things. Romans chapter 4, verse 18 through 25. This is the, the Apostle Paul writing, and he's writing about Abram. And it says, in hope he believed against hope, that he should become the father of many nations as he had been told. So shall your offspring be. He did not weaken in faith when he considered his own body, which was as good as dead since he had been about a hundred years old. Or when he considered the barrenness of Sarah's womb, no unbelief made him waver concerning the promise of God, but he grew strong in his faith as he gave glory to God, fully convinced that God was able to do what he had promised. That is why his faith was counted to him as righteousness, but the words it was counted to him were not written for his sake alone, but for ours also. It will be counted to us who believe in him, who raised from the dead Jesus our Lord, who was delivered up for our trespass and raised for our justification. Paul begins this section with something of an oxymoron. 
something he writes that in hope, Abraham believed against hope. What what Paul is doing here is using a form of like a Hebraic expression to contrast two different kinds of hope. Hope against hope. On one hand, there's the kind of hope that most of us are familiar with hope that is really nothing more than wishful thinking. And we approach hope from that perspective quite often in our culture. Um, You ever bought a lottery ticket and you you hope you win, but you know deep down inside the odds are one in 300 million? I mean, you know, you're you're believing that your favorite sports team is set to win, but you know that they've had a difficult season and the odds are against them. I mean, I mean, we find ourselves, like, when we believe in hope against hope, we're probably very similar right now to, to people in, in Snoqualmie Pass or in the mountains. And, they're, and they're, they're, uh, I, just saw, I just read something about a tweet from the, from the lodge in Snoqualmie that said, there may be a chance we have gotten too much snow. That was posted last week. I mean, they're, they're, they're right now believing, oh, no. We've had enough as, they, as they're hoping no more snow and watching the black clouds gather this coming Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. Hope against hope. They're, they're, they're believing something even though they see within the natural something else. They're going to hang on to something. And this is where I want to I jump in. It says, but biblical hope, it's much different than that. Um, the Greek word that's used in hope here, it means something more like confident expectation or the expectation of what is sh- sure. And since Paul and the writers of the time were Jews, they were thinking directly about this biblical thought. They were, they were, they were trying to share this idea based in a biblical understanding, not wishful thinking. They were trying to bring the early church to a place where they would be rooted in truth. Something they could hang on to. Something they could to, to hang on when, when life got difficult. And Eugene Peterson captures this quite well. And Romans 4.18 says, when Abraham believed anyway, deciding to live not on the basis of what he saw, he couldn't do, but what God said he would do. In other words, Abraham had a hope and a belief even when he couldn't see any possible way that it was going to happen. Any possible way. The odds were against him. The writing was done. The, the situation was, was final. It was beyond the time. Even in the natural to see and look at his wife and think of himself. Near expiration. Beyond the fruitful years. But somewhere in his heart, the ability to hang on with what he had heard. That he was willing to trust God's promise more than his situation. Let's just unpack this for a minute. So think about the situation that he would have found himself in. Abram. Abram. For the first 86 years of his life. Every time he would have met somebody, they would have understood the name and who he was and what it meant. Abram means exalted father. 
Exalted father. So, so going to meet someone early on, maybe for many years. Hey, how are you? What's your name? Abram. Oh, exalted father. How many kids you've got? Is he striking home? Over and over and over and over. The answer is <clears throat> none. But we're trying. Abram. Just think about 86 years. At some point, it's your soul can get weary and tiresome from having to answer a fruitless. You have no positive thing to say about it, Abram. And then something happened. He decided to take matters into his own hands. Let's be real with the story. And he committed adultery, and he bore a son named Ishmael. And so for the next 14 years through the story, the conversation would be a little different, except now he would answer, Abram, how many kids do you have? I have one through adultery. Exalted father, the word that was spoken over him, the name that was given to him. And then when he was 99, the Lord stepped in. Changed his name to Abraham, to Abraham, which means the father of a multitude. When he has one, the name was changed to the father of a multitude. And so for the next season, he could still only answer one. What he could see with his eye and what he could understand naturally, but he still hung on. I want to walk you through because I think there's a little part in this text that really gives us some insight and I think would really push us as we look through. I want to help us in when we think about developing a biblical narrative of hope. What God says about that, then we've got to, we've got to go to the source, amen? We've got to hold this, this place of truth in, in high esteem, and I'm talking about the Bible, and I'm talking about what we refer to as God's Word, this, this text that is for our edification and, and building up. I want to look near the end of verse 18. We see a phrase here that's this. As he had been told, and the Apostle Paul recites the phrase, so shall your offspring be. Offspring. Somewhere in the midst of all of this, Abram hung on to this thing that he had heard, the thing that he had been told, this phrase over and over. He mulled, he meditated, he, everything he did, it was, it was right at the forefront. So shall your offspring be. Children. I'm to have children. I'm to have an inheritance. I'm to have a generation that's going to go forward from me. A multitude. So shall my offspring be. As he had been told. Abram gave careful consideration to his situation. But he gave more consideration to the things that he had been told. And he hung on to those. 
Hebrews chapter 2, the writer of Hebrews. Keep a firm grip on the things you've heard, lest you slip away. The, the importance of us as believers needing to grab a hold of the words that we have heard, the things that we have read, the, the revelations that we have come to understand, that we would hang on to the things that we have heard. I, I want to I take you to now another text, Acts chapter 27 Verse 21 through 26, I think this will be on the screen. And this is the Apostle Paul, and I want to read you a little story. This is on one of his ship travels, and one of the, the ship uh, on this travel, they are going to, to wreck. And, he, and so the narrative is they, he had already told the people on the ship, here's what's going to happen, maybe we should wait, let's, let's rethink this. They, they went ahead and said, since they had been without food for a long time, Paul stood up among them and said, men, you should have listened to me and not have set sail from Crete and incurred this injury and loss. Yet now I urge you to take heart, for there will be no loss of life amongst you, but only of the ship. For this very night there stood before me an angel of God, to whom I belong and whom I worship. And he said, do not be afraid. Paul, you must stand before Caesar, and behold, God has granted you all those who sail with you. So take heart, men, for I have faith in God that it will be exactly as I have been told. But we must run aground on some island. The accident is going to happen. I want to encourage us, as we build a biblical narrative of hope, that we would be people who look to God's word first. That we, we would be people that, that go directly to the source and begin to allow its words to wash over our mind and our heart and, and begin to meditate it on the truth that's in the word of God. So oftentimes we look to other things to answer the situation and bring perspective to where we find ourselves. But the truth is we need to go right to the source. What does the Bible say about what God does, has done, and will do in this situation called life? Because most often much of his support, much of his care, much of his love is applicable to all situations. That it's, he is going to carry me. He is going to watch over me. He is going to work out the character and nature of God in me. That we would take the opportunity to examine our circumstances and put them in the light of the gospel. You see, I appreciate the Apostle Paul's story about Abraham. Because when you read the story of Abraham, you realize that he did not turn a blind eye to his situation. He didn't, he didn't try to ignore or wash over the reality that he found himself in. He, he readily acknowledged and understood and what was written about him later that, that he was an old man and she was an old woman. He acknowledged that the years had gone by and it had passed him by and the promises had yet to be fulfilled. I find this really important because think about the culture that we live in today. Think about how often we refuse to face the reality of what we find ourselves in. 
or what faces us or the consequence. Just think about that. There are movements that abound, that challenge us and encourage us. Don't speak anything of the bad for fear that it will infect. Come on. Right here. We see that, that, that right, it's okay and, and many times appropriate to, to, to acknowledge and to say, wow, I see what's happened here. I'm paying the consequence for my action back there. Lord, I know you want to work out something. Me, Help me to understand and build in me and help me to course correct and help me to acknowledge and help me to repent or help me to, to figure this out. Do not leave me alone. Your word says. And you begin to walk through these things or, or you acknowledge the weight of the situation. This was done to me. Oh God, I need your help in forgiving and walking through and fresh perspective about how I can rebuild and be restored and be renewed. That we be a people who are truth tellers and who can acknowledge but then who can rightly take the situation and then overlay the word of God right over it. God, I know this was done to me, but your word says that you're a healer and that you're a restorer and that I'm adopted and I'm a son or a daughter and that you have a new name for me and that shame is not mine. I'm overlaying the word of God over my situation or circumstance or your word says that your mercies are new every day and that hope comes in the morning. Your word says that I'm going to overlay your word over my situation. I'm going to look through that I will not be afraid to examine my circumstance, to lay over the word of God. You see, one of the things that really struck me coming out of last week and it's just, the, just that God's on the move. God's on the move in people's lives. And, and I want to acknowledge that, that situations that we find ourselves in and just the reality and truth that we may, we may be in or around sometimes are dark and deep and it's going to take a while to journey through and so I'm not here to minimize any of that. But what I am here is, is just to remind us that, wait a minute, before we get stuck in the darkness of despair, that we, that we look up and that we remember that there is one who came to bring hope and his name is Jesus and that he promised that he would never leave us or forsake us and that then after he left, the promise of the Holy Spirit would come even while the disciples despaired and they encouraged Jesus, stay, why do you gotta go? We're really sad and sorrowful and his promise to them was, man, I, I can't stay, I gotta go because if I don't go, then the one who was promised to come won't come and he's gonna lead and guide you in all truth. And he's going to bring fresh perspective and he's going to comfort and he's going to be ever present with you. That we be a people who acknowledge the work of the Holy Spirit and consider God's power through our lives. I appreciate Dominic sharing his testimony this morning for offering. We need to hear more of those, amen? Because all over this church are people who have been impacted by the grace and mercy of God, whose lives have been radically altered for the kingdom of God. We need to hear those stories over 
and over and over and over and over and over. Testimony after testimony after testimony. Good word after good word after good word. Otherwise, this room just becomes full of people who are diverse and look different, but who are strangers. And we don't recognize the glory of God and the gospel that has worked through their life. And what brought them to be here in this place as examples of the grace of God, the testimony of the goodness of God, that we would regularly exercise and remind ourselves, God, you're bigger. This situation I find myself in is temporary. You will see me through. Tomorrow is a new day. I am not alone. You have set me in the company of believers. You have set me in a company of people who believe like I do. Because when I'm weak, you are strong. You will stand with me when I cannot stand on my own. You will compass round about me when I feel all alone. This is the goodness of God to us and through us. You made a way when I couldn't see any way. You saved and rescued me because I could not do it on my own. Come on, people. Come on, that we would consider the power of God. And then we would decide, we would decide that we would take hold of the goodness of God and do a practical application in our lives. And this is where I think a lot of Christians kind of, we need to really engage on this more. And that's that we're not works-based. But there's something about Abraham that really got the attention and the accommodation in that he was fully convinced And that he lived his life in belief that those promises were going to happen. He lived lived his life. He he, he, he worked it out. He tried to, albeit he he made a mistake and stepped out on his own and and reaped. And we still are seeing the consequences for that action. But but living his life, reminding himself, being careful to say, I'm taking hold. This is it. I ponder. As I have been told, I am holding on to that. That we as believers would take hold of the things we've heard and then we apply them, the things we've read, the things we've been taught, the way, we, the way we've been shown to walk, and we would apply them in our lives in a regular pattern of obedience to God because He's wrecked us with His grace. He's rescued us with His mercy. That when our perspective gets skewed and we find ourselves in a dark place, that we would, be, we would allow ourselves to be reminded by the Holy Spirit there's a different word than the word that you're believing right now. There's a, there's there, this situation that you have, that you find yourself walking through. I am greater. I will carry you. You are not alone. This is powerful. This is powerful. You see, I believe that it's always about perspective. And it's always about the ability to say, all right, God, You have this because I don't. 
You, 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 have, you have called me. You have drawn me and, and helped me. And you're going to equip me just like he's equipping you that, to walk in the, in the giftings and abilities that, that he's given you. But we've got to keep first things first. And that's keeping right here on the forefront of our heart and our mind that God, you're greater. God, you're good. God, you're able. And you have not left us alone. And that we would be regularly people who give glory to God. Amen? That out of our lips we praise Him, even when it feels like there's nothing to praise Him about. Because I submit to you, there is always something to praise Him about. I so appreciate Pastor Keith and Donna. You ever spent much time around him, Easterly? You, you, you would know in just a few moments, something regularly is going to come out of their mouth about the goodness of God, or praise the Lord, or hallelujah, or just a, a good word, and you can, you can really begin to see, wow, that's a word that's born through the testimony of their life. You, you can take that as an example of how to exercise faith in the midst of anything. Uh, many situations, many circumstances, you can hear that come out, that we would be people who regularly give glory to God. And this morning, we're going to participate in communion. And I, w- I want to do something this morning because I feel like, and this is actually born out of a conversation the other day that just was really good. But I want to take a minute before we take communion. And I want to ask you, wh- whose voice are you listening to? Are you listening to the voice of the world and the tangible things you see that remind you of this present day and circumstance and how dark and how dreary? Or are you listening to the voice of the Holy Spirit? Because I believe there's a good word, a word for all of us if we just take some opportunity to listen. Say, Lord... What's the word you would have for me? And so this is what I want to do this morning. As they are just coming up. I want to take a minute. And I want you just to right where you're at, posture yourself. Not bow your head, close your eyes, look up, keep your eyes open. But just a heart posture. With this question that you would ask, Lord, what's the word that you have for me? What's, what's the perspective I need to, Holy Spirit? Speak to me. There's some of you, it's been a long time. There's some of us that we get so busy in the busyness of life that so many words, so many words. Let's just take a minute. As they begin to play, we're just going to, Holy Spirit, speak to us. <laughs>